Yeah, there is some significant change. I mean, we have a new defense coordinator, a new special teams coordinator, a new offense coordinator. Um, you know, and speaking with Jason, we felt, you know, we have some standards here. We didn't quite get to those last year, and we felt like we're always going to do what we feel is best for the organization, and these moves were uh, a product of that. There's representation with former Eskimos. Mm-hmm. Coincidence or not? Not coincidence. I think it has to do with Jason playing with these guys. He knows them uh, extremely well. He's he's been to battle with these guys, and he knows who they are as people. Um, it's important that they're Eskimos. That's great, but we feel that's icing on the cake. These guys are qualified coaches. We're not going to hire someone simply because they played here and had success as players. These guys have good resumes. They've been at prominent organizations, even if it's a high school in California where um, A.J. Gass has been. It's been uh, a lot of experience. He's been a head coach, and then obviously you know Jason Tucker has been – with multiple teams and you know I first met him actually when he was with the Tennessee Titans in 2015 so uh, they know their stuff it's not just because they're Eskimos they're qualified coaches uh, tough as nails I remember him when I was with Montreal uh, on that side of it and I remember playing against him he's somebody that jumped off film so uh, extremely tough but organized commands a lot of respect from everybody who's around him he's he's done a good job at his high schools down there extremely loyal person you know we've been in talks with him for a while and I I I don't want to speak for him I think you guys will but I know for him it was a difficult decision because he's so loyal to the the players he was coaching in high school in California and that spoke a lot to me I respect that and uh, I think that speaks to who he is with all the changes where's the the line with being made because of uh, what happened last year Uh, you know, the coaches, a lot of them, the, obviously Mike Benavides is a football operations salary cap portion. Rob Ralph and Chris Milo are a byproduct of the football operations salary cap. Um, it's challenging times, um, and I'm not going to speak for other organizations, but I know there's significant movement across the league. Some things have been announced, some things haven't, um, and that's the, the world we're living in right now, unfortunately. Uh, another organization reached out to ask permission to speak to Paul Jones, and my policy is I always allow people to speak if they're asked. Uh, I've been blocked before and I promised myself if I was ever in a position where people could get asked for places to go I would allow him because I didn't like how it felt when I wasn't allowed to so he's going to join another organization I'm going to respect that organization and let them make the announcement but that one had nothing to do with the football operations cap Uh, Paul does a phenomenal job Um, he's become a a friend of mine I'll say he's become a good friend you know we're still in touch but he had a unique opportunity um, to work with someone else that he's known for 20 plus years yeah, and, and with that, uh, we've hired David Turner to fill that role. David's got a lot of years um, in the NFL. He's also built teams that aren't in the NFL, and that was very appealing. Is He built the Arizona Rattlers um, when the Arena League was kind of at its peak, and they won three championships in a row. He also was the director of player personnel for the Hartford, Hartford Colonials, um, and I, I think 11 to 12 of his players when that league folded went on to the NFL. So he has a good eye for talent, and he's – been in the role before when it's not the NFL, so he understands what it's like to look for players in a non-NFL league. But with that, he has worked along some of the brightest football minds in, in football. Al Davis, Dave Gettleman, Ernie Accorzi, those are all people that mentored David. So um, he comes with a wealth of experience, um, and he's someone I've known for a long time. You like the How has your scouting staff affected by the new cap, and what's it going to look like? Well, 
uh, it's affected by people that we had to move on from, unfortunately. Um, but we refilled those roles. We're going to be a little bit less as far as numbers, but we're keeping Bobby Merritt. He's going to become our director of scouting. Will Homer was here last year. He's the assistant director of player personnel now. And as I just mentioned, David Turner is now going to replace Paul Jones. So that's how it'll look. Um, they're all highly qualified people with a lot of years of experience. Um, all told, I, I believe Bobby Merritt has 10 years in the NFL. Will Homer used to put together the teams for the East West Shrine game, and he was also the scouting coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. He was with us in Ottawa and helped us build Grey Cup teams. And then I just kind of went through David Turner's resume real briefly. So they're all highly knowledgeable with a lot of experience. Um, they've beat the bushes before. There are people I know, there are people I've worked with before, or who I've been on the road with before, and I've seen how they work. What's the structure going to look like as far as scouting? Uh, it's going to be Bobby Merritt and Nick Pelshay. Nick Pelshay has been promoted, and he's a player personnel assistant. Uh, Nick has good football acumen. He's been a player at the junior level, um, so he understands football and schemes and what plays at this level. So we're going to divide it up and have those two do the legwork. We're in early in January now. What, what's your sense of uh, the situation around the If I knew that answer, I'd, I'd be rich. Good question. I, you know, I'm not involved in that in any way, shape, or form. I mean, that's simply going to be Randy Ambrosi, Steve Shammy, and Brian Ramsey. So more unsettling now. You kind of don't know where things. It's been unsettling for quite a while. Yeah, it, it built over to last year. There's players that are free agents now that might have signed had there been a CBA in place a year ago at this time. So uh, everybody's in the same boat, you know. And as far as the details of it, when it may or may not get signed. I have no clue. You know, we're just operating as best we can with the information we have in front of us at this time. It's really quiet right now. I think we like there's some signings kind of trickling in. Do you expect it's going to be that way for the next while? Is it really hard to predict? You know, I, I can't predict. Either way, I think some players are going to sign and, and feel good about the opportunity they're getting and the dollars and cents of what they're getting and where they're at. And some players – you think that they love the opportunity, whether it's here or other organizations, you know, and speaking with some counterparts across the league, you know, they are going through the same thing and they feel like there's some players that love where they're at and they have a real defined role and, you know, they're waiting. So it's, it's unknowns. I wish I had a more concrete answer, but I simply don't. Good, good discussions. Um, but no, nothing. If, if there was something concrete, we'd certainly be having a, a different press conference today. Do you get the feel that you would I, I'm not going to try to speak for Mike. You know, I, we've had good conversations. I think he's certainly enjoys it here, but, um, you know, what, what another person's going to do. I know this is uh, we've made strong offers, and he knows 100% how we feel about him and how badly we'd like him here, and that's what we can control and what we can do. But um, I don't think it'd be right for me to try to speak for him and what his thoughts are. How big a job is that right now with the situation? Job as far as? Well, we just kind of touched on it. It's challenging because even if you have players that, you know, you basically have a handshake deal with that you agree on terms, a lot of them are waiting. So um, it's challenging on every aspect. So uh, there's – I know it, it's slow and there hasn't been a ton of announcements, but there's continuous talk, continuous offers and dialogue going on. It's just a little slow right now. Part of that is due to the holidays just ended. Uh, that's one aspect of it. But the bigger aspect is the uncharted waters and, and some of the things that are unknown right now. Can you speak to uh, the uh, decision to hire Philip Lawley? He's going to have his own twist on things. Um, and, again, I'll let him speak to that, the schematics of it. But we hired him because he's highly respected. He's done a great job. He was, I believe, the assistant head coach at Auburn when they had a really good run. And then he was here as a linebacker coach in 2015. So he's familiar with the people in this building, some of the players. Um, 
whenever I spoke to anybody about him, it was just glowing reviews. I know he and Jason had a great discussion during the interview process. He did a very good job when he took over as a defense coordinator in Hamilton at the end of 2017. And when they went on their run towards the end of the year, I feel he was a real prominent part of that process. So, you know, everything about the man from what he's done, where he's been, and the success he's had was part of it. Scheme-wise, it'll be different. And that's not just because it's him, but anytime you have a new coordinator, it's going to be different, no matter who it is or where they're at. Uh, was there an intentional uh, idea to be a bit more of an attack defense than a uh, – but don't break that defense or anything we went with someone who we felt could do the job the best, no matter what the, the scheme was. But I do believe that Phillip's going to be a lot more aggressive and, and do things a little bit differently, for sure. You released two players in the last two days to pursue NFL opportunities. Is it kind of a good news, bad news scenario that, yes, you attracted that type of talent, but uh, now they're good enough to, to try and buy their trade in the NFL? What does that say about you know, recruitment, mm-hmm. and development within yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. It's good news, bad news. I'm always happy for them, and I've said this before, is um, even with Paul Jones or other people, if people can have opportunities to better themselves, whether it be personally, financially, professionally, I'm always going to allow that. So I'm rooting for these guys. It's difficult and it's frustrating because you want the best players you can have here, but it does say that we had some good talent here and, and they're getting opportunities at a higher level, and I'm happy for them. You know, there's going to be some others. Nothing's concrete yet, so I'm going to hold off on who they are or where they're going, but uh, these two are definite, and there's probably going to be two or three more so it's from our end selfishly it's disappointing but for them it's extremely exciting and no one's going to be a bigger supporter of theirs than me in this organization we're very happy for them and you know we're going to be rooting for them was there uh, any kind of feeling that this with paul jones that this was a move that was going to be coming sooner or later no, it caught me completely off guard. Um, Paul and I had very good discussions, and I won't get into extreme details, but we you know, had agreed on some terms for an extension and everything. Nothing was signed, but it, it caught me off guard. Um, but he was extremely classy about it. Uh, the other organization handled it the right way. Paul handled it the right way. And, um, again, disappointed because Paul does a great job. He's a, a very good man, but you know, he, he can speak to where he's going and, and why he's going there. But you know, from what he elaborated on, to me, it made sense, and I got where he was coming from. Why don't you talk about this offseason for you? When you your first year here, the team was built and you got here and you had to rebuild because of injuries during the season. Last year, you didn't have a lot of changes to make in the offseason. This year, it's pretty evident there's going to be a lot of changes in the How much more difficult is this offseason for you? Well, I think the biggest difficulty is the unknown. Yeah, it's hard to give some players concrete answers on some of the unknowns. So that's the biggest challenge. Last year, we had a lot of free agencies uh, almost equal to what we have this year due to the injuries. So it was also extremely busy. You know, with the focus last year based on how we finished in 17 and how close we were to where we wanted to go, the emphasis was trying to bring the same group back, keeping the continuity. We felt we had a good thing going. We wanted to keep on that path. And so the focus was on bringing those guys back. This year's going to be a combination of all of the above. It's going to be simply finding the best players, whether they're – with us and we can get them back or if other players from other teams hit the market and we feel they're better than what we have then we're certainly going to go after those guys. Do you like one-year contracts? It seems like since they've come in it's just a massive amount of It's challenging. It's extremely challenging. It makes it hard to have continuity. So um, I play by the rules that we're given and, you know, those things, whether I like them or whether I don't like them, that's the rules we operate under. So you do the best you can within those rules. In a way, there's some opportunity here too, isn't there? There's always opportunity. Anytime you go to, to an off season, you have a chance to reshape the roster and, and do some things a little bit differently. And 
whether you're moving on from a player or keeping the same people or you're tweaking things a little bit and you keep the same players but maybe play them at different positions or you go into the season knowing who you have that was on a practice roster that maybe didn't hit the field but that we have a strong feeling on. So um, it's a clean slate. So short answer, yes. You talk about the jump for Jordan and how much he has prepared for this and what it's going to be like going what his role was last year. Right, big role. You know, the last week of the season he did that, actually, is he, you know, Jason was a little bit under the weather uh, the last week versus Winnipeg, so he has experience doing it. He did all the installs. He ran all the meetings, so it's not completely foreign to him, and I think that was a comfort level with Jason and also with me is it's something not entirely foreign to him. He knows the system like the back of his hand. I'm, you know, talking with the quarterbacks and Jason. We always joke Jordan's a little bit like Rain Man when it comes to our philosophy, and he'll be in the back focused on something, They'll be in a quarterback meeting and somebody will say, hey, what's the depth on this route? And just from the corner, he'll, hey, 12 yards, you have to get here and hit to this landmark. So I don't know if there's anyone beyond Mike and Jason and the rest of the quarterbacks that know this system better than Jordan. And I think anytime you have a, a little bit of a different sprinkle on things, that can be good. And at the end of the day, Jason's going to oversee everything as well. I mean, he's, he's the quarterback coach, and he's going to have a big hand in everything we do offensively. But it's healthy to have different thoughts, different opinions, and maybe a little wrinkle or different approach here and there as well.